Good evening, everybody. Thanks for joining us tonight on Vintage McCoy. We are going to be taking a look at the First Amendment, religious liberty, freedom of speech, and we're going to go in a direction that is going to surprise a lot of you, but it is timely and necessary, and you really need to be equipped. So stay tuned. You're in for a good program. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters, and God said, Let there be light. Together, we will make America great again. I have never been more hopeful about America. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. The advance of human liberty can only strengthen the cause of world peace. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. But because of the Watergate matter, I shall resign the presidency effective at noon tomorrow. One small step for man. Be able to sing with new meaning. My country tears of thee. Sweet land of liberty of thee I sing. We shall pay any price, bear any burden, uphold any foe to ensure the survival and the success of liberty. It is indeed we are the defenders of freedom. With the unbounding determination of our people, we will gain the inevitable triumph. So help us God. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created one in nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Those who forget the past are destined to repeat. And now, your host, Pastor Rob McCoy. Well, thanks for joining us tonight, folks. Uh, we're in for a program. I, I was just putting some notes together, some final notes. Uh, we're going to be covering some stuff that is affecting the country at warp speed. And we, we have to be up on it. We have to be educated on it. And... Uh, the likelihood is we, we may get taken down as a result of this uh, broadcast. However, uh, you can still find us on Rumble and others if you're tuning in on YouTube. And we're also going to post it on our own server. So you'll have access to it, and we'll also uh, place it in a number of other areas. But stay tuned. You really need to be a part of this. You need to get this out to as many people as possible. Uh, let this go viral. Uh, we're going to be taking a look at uh, critical race theory. And right now, it is being thrust upon our children across the country, and you're saying, no, it's not, and you're being uh, overreacting, and on and on. The, the truth is, it is, and I'll, I'll share with you some, some facts, uh, some clear data. But let me just begin, as a minister, giving you a biblical perspective of, of race and, and ethnicities, um, so that you can see from God's perspective. I'm going to use one verse and it's out of Acts 17, actually two verses, Acts 17, 26 and 27. Take a look at this. Uh, the scripture says, and, and Paul's speaking, he says, And God has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth, and he has determined their pre-appointed times and boundaries of their dwellings, so they should seek the Lord in hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he's not far from each one of us. So, Basically, what you're seeing here is there's, there's one race, the human race. Now, by that statement, I am now in violation and I am systemically racist according to critical race theory. 
and, and that I am saying that there's only one race, the human race. Now, there are different ethnicities, different nations, the scriptures point out. We have uh, different melanin content. But ideology is what's at stake here. Uh, the critical race theorist says that the ide I, 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 ideology I possess is systemically racist, and it's, and it's uh, completely white. So the uh, Enlightenment thinkers... Uh, the Christian doctrine. As a matter of fact, there was um, an organization that applied for a 501c3 where the IRS denied their application stating their purpose in their purpose statement was to do biblical principles on governance. And they said, well, that's a Republican idea and thus it's partisan. As though somehow the scriptures can only be applied to Republican ideas. You see, this isn't about color. This is about an ideology of suppression, and it's another attempt to take down a constitutional republic. Please understand that, because there are folks that are in, in complete opposition to critical race theory that can, can, uh, possess far more melanin than I do. And it has nothing to do with the color of our skin or the content of our melanin. It has to do with our ideology. And critical race theory takes victimization groups through intersectionality and they contend by redefining truth and stating that truth is based on their political power and, and thus semantics is thrown out the door. So when you look at the words equality and equity, they've already managed to take the dictionary and define it <clears throat> in such a way as to defend their position. But you go back to Webster's 1800 dictionary and look at the true meaning of these words and you start to realize that when they're pushing for equity in their school districts, it's, it's real simple. It's called a redistribution of wealth. We've heard that somewhere before. It's communism, socialism, and that doesn't work. <clears throat> it's another way to implement these things. Equality, uh, that's, that's a good one. Equality, uh, we, we, have, we, we have been endowed by our creator with these certain inalienable rights, all, you know, and, and this is this idea that, that there's equality. Now, it's, it's not, it's, it's, we're not equal in, um, we're equal in dignity, but not in capacity. Let me explain that. Folks out there going, I'm smarter than this guy, no doubt, but I'll tell you this much, you are endowed and you have been given a greater capacity for facts and knowledge and the like, so yet still before God, we're equal in dignity. He loves me just as much as he loves you. And, and the idea is I'm just as precious to him as you are. And he doesn't weigh that based on, uh, on, on the melanin content. We have been created in the image of God. It's the Imago Dei. And just like you're driving over the grapevine in the spring after the winter rains and you see the hillside aflame with different colored flowers, purple, red, orange, yellow, None of those flowers are fighting over their color. Uh, they're a tapestry of beauty, and they're all flowers. They're all flowers. We're creatures that have a sin nature, and we want to oppress others, and so we just reverse the racism based on an immutable trait that we have uh, no ability to change. I can't change this, this immutable trait, yet I am considered simply by the lack of melanin, I am considered systemically racist. What they're coming after is the ideology. Well, brothers and sisters of mine who hold to my same ideology, who contain far more melanin than I do, 
are considered Uncle Toms or are considered, you know, to be uh, aiding and abetting the enemy. So you can tell right now it has nothing to do with the color of my skin. It has to do with the ideology. This is a implementation of socialism, opening up previous wounds in America and, and taking advantage of those to try to change our constitutional republic. And if you doubt that, let's just go back to one of the, the greatest Americans, one of my heroes, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And, and here in his own words, take a look at, at this. This is, this is a fascinating writing. Uh, and even when fighting explicitly racist policies, King deployed universal principles rather than a tribal grievance narrative like we're finding with critical race theory and the intersectionality of victim groups. He wrote, the problem is not a purely racial one with Negroes set against whites, King writes of the civil rights movement in his 1958 essay, Three Ways of Meeting Oppression. He adds that nonviolent resistance is not aimed against oppressors, but against oppression under its banner conscience, not racial groups. So the conscience is sought, not racial groups. King's contemporary counterpoints were the Nation of Islam and the Black Power Movement, which emphasized racial division over common humanity. King didn't mince words when addressing these movements. In a 1960 speech at DePaul University, he wrote, Black supremacy is as dangerous as white supremacy, and God is not interested merely in the freedom of black men. He said, God is interested in the freedom of the whole human race. He read the Bible, especially Acts 17. He's interested in the freedom of the whole human race and in the creation of a society where all men can live together as brothers. He said, let us be dissatisfied until that day when nobody will sh shout white power and when nobody will shout black power, but everybody will talk about God's power and human power. Those are the words of the late Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, who was shot on the balcony of a, a motel in Memphis, Tennessee in 1968. This is a man who contended and, and stood upon the scriptures and understood racism in America and fought vehemently against it, not so that he could have black power over white power and just reverse the racism. He saw mankind as God did, as the Imago Dei. Now, he knew that <clears throat> these ideologies were attributed to specific colors, but yet everyone had the capacity to be racist. And so he never went after the oppressor per se. He went after the ideology of the oppressor. He loved his enemies. He did good to those who spitefully used him. He changed America. Uh, he was a remarkable human being. Did he have flaws? You bet. Do I? Probably more than he does. And maybe you do too. But the reality is God uses flawed human beings to change the world because they're willing and they're brave, and that's what Reverend King was. And, and yet, here we are in the midst of critical race theory, taking intersectionality of victim groups who define truth not by empirical data or the scientific method or the Enlightenment thinkers, which they consider to be systemically white racist ideologies. Now they've redefined truth, they're redefining the meaning of words, and they're doing it in such a capacity as to defend their socialism and pit us against one another over historical wounds and exploiting those to divide us so that they can then come in and have an elitist approach and control the narrative and redefine. There's no absolute truth in critical race theory. 
It's whatever they decided to be. That's why they're changing the word meanings of equity and equality, and they're playing word games and semantics, and they're implementing it in your school districts, and you're saying, no, not in mine. Again, wait just a moment. We'll get into that. Uh, here is, this, this is, this is a friend of mine, uh, Pastor Gary. He's in Loudoun County, Virginia. He's one of those brave pastors that has kept his doors open during this uh, virus that has a 99 plus percent survival rate uh, when the governor of his county, similar, excuse me, the governor of his state, similar to the governor of our state, declared the church to be non-essential, wanted to shutter churches, not with Pastor Gary, his church of thousands, I think it's over 15,000, maybe even more, and they've gone to a larger facility. Uh, Charlie Kirk and I will be heading out there shortly. Uh, Pastor Gary informed, as we're doing tonight, his entire congregation on this issue and they come to realize that in their own county, right there in Loudoun County, they're implementing critical race theory. And so all the parents rose up together and went to the school board meeting and contended and were victorious. And here's an interesting uh, parent who is addressing the Loudoun County school district over critical race theory. And you're thinking, oh, this is a white man's move. Now, take a look. Watch this clip. Be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Now I have a dream that we will implement love, not hate, or supporting another Jim Crow's agenda. CRT is not an honest dialogue. It is a tactic that was used by Hitler and the Ku Klux Klan on slavery very many years ago to dumb down my ancestors so we could not think for ourselves. CRT is racist. It is abusive. It discriminates against one's color. Let me educate you. An honest dialogue does not impress, oppress. An honest dialogue does not implement hatred or injustice. It's to communicate with deceiving, without deceiving people. Today we don't need your agreement. We want action in the backbone for what we asked for today, to ban CRT. We don't want your political advertisement to divide our children or belittle them. Think twice before you indoctrinate such racist theories. You cannot tell me what is or is not racist. Look at me. I had to come down here today to tell you to your face that we are coming together and we are strong. This will not be the last. Greet and meet respectfully. Wow. Now, take a look at this father uh, calling out critical race theory. And this is another parent just saying, look, I don't buy this stuff. And you're saying, again, this is a, uh, a, a white man's uh, uh, grievance. Really? Take a look. Deliberately teach kids? This white kid right here got it better than you because he's white? You're going to personally tell a white kid, oh, the black people are all down and suppressed. How do I have two medical degrees if I'm sitting here oppressed? How do I get, first of all, time up, because I only got five minutes now, five minutes. Two medical degrees, no mom, no dad in the house, worked my way through college, sat there and hustled my butt off to get through college. You going to tell me somebody that looked like all y'all white folks kept me from doing that? Are you serious? Not one white person ever came to me and said, well, son, you're never going to be able to get nowhere because you know the black people. You I want to meet him. Hopefully, we can get him on the program. Um, I, I want to. I want to read to you this, uh, and this is, this is a, um, this is a quote from uh, Jordan Peterson. He says, "Life is suffering. Love is the desire to see unnecessary suffering am ameliorated." I love his lexicon. Truth is the handmaiden of love. Dialogue is the pathway to truth. Humility is recognition of personal insufficiency and the willingness to learn. To learn is to die voluntarily and be born again in great ways and small. So speech must be untrammeled so that dialogue can take place, so that we can all humbly learn, so that truth can serve love, so that suffering can be ameliorated, 
and so that we can all stumble forward to the kingdom of God. Profound. Now, this equality and equity, which we're going to hear a lot of, and our school districts want to press forward for equity. Equity, the, the Latin uh, idea of it is oequitas, which is this idea of equal, even, and level. Everyone is equal. <clears throat> I don't know if, if you've ever heard that before, but we're all equal, some more equal than others. It, it's, it's called Animal Farm, George Orwell. The idea that, that we're going to be given equal amounts, we're going to have the same clothing, we're going to have the same house, we're, we're going to have the, the same everything. Now, equality is different. That's why our founders specifically use that word, and that, that we've been endowed, uh, uh, for all men are created equal, endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. Equality is this, and this is from Webster's Dictionary, an agreement of things in dimensions, quantity or quality, likeness, similarity in regard to two things compared. We speak of a quality of two or more tracts of land or two bodies in length, breadth, or thickness of virtues or vices. And the idea is <clears throat> equality is we are equal in dignity. Equity is this idea that we're all the same. We're not. We're not. Many of you are far smarter than I am. You have been given this gift. Uh, it's, some of you have the gift of entrepreneurial. Some of you have the gift of engineering. Some of you have the gift of science, uh, gift of compassion. We can go through the scriptural gifts as well, but I'm speaking to a, a large audience. I just want to say this. Some of you are far more gifted in certain areas and we're not we don't have equity in that capacity we don't have equality in 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 what we possess however we're equal in dignity before god but some of you have the ability to make money more than i do i i don't i don't covet that i don't envy you it, it's not something that i want to take from you Equity is this idea that you have too much money. I'll, I'll give you a perfect example of equity. Um, I, I'm a terrible student, and you're a really good student. You do your homework. I don't do my homework. You, you make sure that you do every homework assignment. You're paying attention to the teacher speaking. You take copious notes. You go home, and you study those notes. You're prepared for every test, and I don't do anything. I don't listen. I'm playing a game on my phone. I don't do any of the homework assignments. Sometimes I don't even come to class. And now it comes times for grades. You're, you get an A, and I get an F. I get an F. Equity is this. You know what? We're going to make everyone have equity. So we're going to take two grades from you and give you a C. And then they're going to give me two grades and bring me up to a C. So both of us have Cs, and we have equity. Equity. And the idea is... We've divided something that you possess more of to give us equity, equal distribution of something that you were given and you have more of. And this equity now, I have a C and you have a C. But here's the problem. The next semester, you're like, why bother? Why work hard? The guy who does nothing has the same grade as me because they have equity. And so you're not going to work as hard. And then I'm going to be going, hey, where's my handout? And I'm not going to work hard either because... You, you, I don't have to do anything, and you still give it to me. So what happens to a society? Uh, we, we decrease in productivity. We become, we become entitled. 
We've become enabled. Uh, we're, 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 we're rewarded for doing nothing. That's a problem. In, a, in, a, in, in the ideology of the Christian mindset, if you don't work, you don't eat. The scripture says, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman who need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. It's our job to work hard. This is that work ethic that God has given us. Now, uh, whatever you do, you do is under the glory of the Lord. I don't, I don't possess mansions. I don't, I don't fly. I don't, uh, my own jet. I don't have a, a fancy car. None of that stuff. And there are those who do. And, and the greater the risk, the greater the reward. But what they possess doesn't belong to me. And, and I see equality that I'm just, I have just as much dignity as they do. And God loves me just as much. And the job I'm doing, I do is under the Lord. And I have great joy in that. Godliness with contentment is great gain. But when you start to covet and envy, which is a violation of two of the Ten Commandments, the moral law of God, then that's socialism and communism. And that's a violation of God's commands, His moral law that find themselves into civil law. And civil law, especially in the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, deal with the protection of private property because when you honor the Lord, you're blessed. That's why we, we found in, in Deuteronomy 19 this Sunday when we studied, you see boundary lines. You're not allowed to move them. You go down to the county clerk, the recorder, and you can see where the lines are drawn on your property. And no one's allowed to encroach and get off my property. And you, you worked hard. You own that. And those boundary lines, that is a possession that's protected by civil law. But with equity, well, I don't own a piece of property, so I get half of yours. I should have just as much as you have because that's the way it's supposed to be. That's not the way it's supposed to be. You work hard, you're rewarded. Now, I understand if you don't have access to higher education, you don't have access to these things, I'm all for opening that up. I'm all for, for doing that. That's exactly what Reverend King moved for, this idea of opening up these opportunities for mankind that we're not judged by the color of our skin, but by the content of our character, and that should be rewarded. But now we're, we're in an ideological war, and, and your children are being indoctrinated with this. And, and again, you're saying, no, they aren't, and I'll go into evidence that they are. You know what, I'm gonna start with that evidence right now. I'm gonna make it really simple. If you have a loved one in the United States Navy, or, or in any branch of the military in, in that sense, you, you have, the Navy starting it, but we're watching it being um, instituted throughout all of our armed forces. And we had a congressional representative blast the Navy for including a book that argues America is fundamentally racist. And he, uh, and he put this on the reading list. And every single Naval personnel, I think, received a copy of this. And could you imagine the author, Ibram Kendi, oh, this guy's making money. And, and he's, he's being subsidized by the U.S. government to put forward this ideology, which is a fundamental attack on our Constitutional Republic. Take a look, this is uh, an article I wanna read to you, and I'll put the slides up so you can take a look at it. And here in this slide, it says exclusive, Republican Indiana Representative Jim Banks on Wednesday sent a letter to Admiral Michael Gilday after the Navy included Boston University Professor Ibram Kendi, Ibram X. Kendi, I should say, and that's not even his given name. Uh, this is, I guess his, I don't know, writing name, kinda like Mark Twain as opposed to Samuel Clemens. Uh, so Boston University professor Ibram Kendi, who is a, a huge, huge advocate and author of critical race theory, and, and the book's called How to Be an Anti-Racist. 
and on its 2021 reading list, the number one New York Times bestseller, which has been adopted by some schools, many, not some, many, and educators, gives advice on how people can be explicitly anti-racist as opposed to not racist, huh. and promises to become an essential book for anyone who wants to go beyond an awareness of racism to the next step of contributing to the formation of a truly just and equitable, there's that word, equitable society. It's implementation of socialism and communism. According to the author's website, banks enable reserve officer since 2012, that's the congressman, and ranking member of the House Armed Services Subcommittee on Military Personnel argues in his letter that the views promoted in the book on the 2021 uh, Chief of Naval Operations Professional Reading Program are explicitly anti-American and called on Gilday to explain the Navy's decision to include it on the CNO PR, uh, PRP list or remove it. The views promoted in How to Be an Anti-Racist are explicitly anti-American. According to Kendi, America is fundamentally racist, so anti-Americanism is a moral imperative. I would say that's anti-American. Uh, Banks wrote, cohesiveness and unity in our armed services is essential. Kendi's ideas are divisive and will undermine morale and weaken our national security. The Navy did not respond to an inquiry from Fox News. The book is listed under the sailors category in the foundational subsection, which aims to ensure that Navy sailors remain the best trained and educated force in the world and that the military branch uh, cultivates a culture of warfighting excellence rooted in our core values, according to the Navy website. Banks added in his letter that he is flabbergasted by the Navy's decision to officially endorse such a harmful and subversive book and called on Gilday to provide him with a written response explaining how <clears throat> how to be an anti-racist cultivates a culture of warfighting excellence or remove how to be an anti-racist from the CNO PRP reading list. As former service member, the claim that how to be an anti-racist is consistent with the Navy's core values is troubling. The congressman wrote in Kendi's own words, the defining idea behind the book is that there is no such thing as not racist ideas. There are only racist ideas and anti-racist ideas. That's so confusing. Bank cited the Civil Rights Act, which prohibits discrimination based on race, color, religion, sex, or national origin, which CRT says all whites are systemically racist. Kendi, however, argues in his book that if discrimination is creating equity, huh, all right, stop for a minute. Let's read that slowly. If discrimination is creating equity, then it is anti-racist. If discrimination is creating inequity, then it is racist. The only remedy to racist discrimination is anti-racist discrimination. Uh, boy, that's, that's a tongue twister. Uh, I'll get to that in a moment. Although this sounds harmless, it is radically opposed to the foundational American document like the Constitution's Equal Protection Clause and more recent, the anti-discrimination protections like the Civil Rights Act of 1964, which Reverend King was instrumental in. The book also concludes the United States as a nation, as well as its institutions, are inherently racist. Capitalism is essentially racist. Racism is essentially capitalist. And then when it comes to healing America of racism, Americans should want to heal America without pain, but without pain, there's no progress. Can we go back to that next slide? Yeah. I want to go back to this. If discrimination is creating equity, then it is anti-racist. So you can discriminate against whites because we need to create equity and make everyone the same. And that's not, that, that's, that's anti-racist, even though it's racist. 
Anytime you have to put a color on something, it's racist. Um, and, and this has nothing to do with the color of our skin. This has to do with an ideology of implementing socialism and communism. It's just another way to do it. So um, I think that was it on the slides on that. I'm not sure. So skip through that. Will you go to the next one, if you would? Next. There we go. Now we're coming into Juneteenth, and uh, this is now a federal holiday. And, and I just want to remind folks that Juneteenth only exists because a white Union general named Gordon Granger had to go to Galveston, Texas on June 19, 1865, to tell the slaves they were free because their racist Southern Democrat masters conveniently forgot to tell them about the Emancipation Proclamation that had been made law by the Republican President Abraham Lincoln more than two years prior on January 1st, 1863. I, I just, I'm looking at this and it's frustrating me and we're all being affected by it. The, the, the NFL, uh, the, the, the NBA, our military personnel. Yes, our schools, again, I promised you, I'll make good on that. But real quick, take a look at the NFL. They're getting inundated with critical race theory and <clears throat> they're using COVID and, and they're, they're using uh, Black Lives Matter and kneeling and every, they're, they're woke and they're going broke. As a matter of fact, Nike this quarter has posted over a $700 million loss as a result of going woke. They're now going broke, but not this Buffalo Bills player, Cole Beasley, who reacted to COVID vaccine backlash, says he's prepared to quit football. My values are more important to me than a dollar. He just, he realizes that they're separating use, using COVID and a number of other things to divide us and, and, and to use this to, to create chaos and division and fear. And, and all the while, they're implementing throughout our school districts, and especially now that they shut down schools and they're reformatting them, you see critical race theory being thrust. Before we turn to the slide, I want to share this with you that in an Ohio school district that was plus 9% for Trump, voted over 94% Republican, their school district has implemented education of critical race theory to all of their teachers and is now implementing it throughout the entire school district. This is one of the slides that came through. I want to show you this slide. This one is troubling. Uh, this is examples of racism across levels, and this is what these teachers have been taught. Overt white supremacy, which is socially unacceptable, and one of the circles you see there outside this pyramid of acceptability is anyone who says, make America great again, anyone who is a nationalist. Uh, this is troubling in great capacity. Also, this, this idea that... Um, uh, we're, we've, we've made improvements and strives in the proper direction of America. Anyone who would state that America isn't systemically racist is outside this pyramid. Um, let's go to the next slide if we can. The slide that makes America great again as white supremacists also lists as racist Columbus Day, American immigration law, mass incarceration, denying that there's white privilege, believing America is post-racial, and believing people are part of uh-oh, wait a minute, what, what? Act 17, believing people are part of the human family. This is divisive, it's racist, and it's wrong, and it's ideological. And quite honestly, I've always said this, I don't think they 
they give a flying flip about the content of, of my melanin. In critical race theory, with this intersectionality of victimization groups, you, you have a hierarchy. I'm on the lowest end of that hierarchy because I'm a white, heterosexual, Christian male. White, heterosexual, Christian male. Probably high on, on the food chain would be a black, transgender, um, female, transitioning, pagan. Okay? And that, that, that's a lot of victimization in there. And, and they're high on the food chain of intersectionality, and they're calling the shots, and they get to redefine what truth is. And I can't say anything because I'm systemically, and, and my kids have to be re-educated, and I'm, I, I, I don't have the ability to speak. You must be silenced and censored. But let's look at this clearly. Take away all the top stuff. They don't care about, they don't care about the content of my melanin, nor do they care about her, the content of her melanin or his melanin. They don't care about my sexual preference or theirs. They, they, don't, they don't care about uh, being monogamous or heterosexual. That, that's irrelevant. This is what the battle's about. Is Acts 17, God's word, the biblical view of a worldview, or, or even our founders, if you just want to look at a creator and a designer, and our founders never gave a denomination. They just said that rights come from God, and they left it at that. Natural law, uh, the laws of nature, nature's God, revealed knowledge, knowable, absolute truth, empirical data, enlightenment thinkers, that's this world. And then over here, uh, we don't want your world. This is, we're going to redefine what truth is. And, and we reject the scientific method. We reject mathematical truth. We reject all of that. We'll define truth based on our political prowess. And we're going to control every area. And we're going to silence you through, through censorship and, and propaganda. And, and that's where we are. They don't, they don't care about the color. They don't care about the sexual preference. That's, that's irrelevant. This is a battle between truth and a lie. And they have to indoctrinate our children, and they have to silence the voice of anyone who would be contrary. So what do they do about Christianity? It's a white man's religion. It's a white man's constraint. What do they do about scientific method? It's a white man's design. Enlightenment thinkers, white man. And that's systemically racist, and we remove it. Well, where do you, how do you define truth? We define truth by our political power and semantics and any word we want. We'll change the words for equity and equality, and, and we'll, we'll just own it. And you say, well, I, you know, you're, you're just a, a right-wing evangelical fundamentalist, and that, that's your view. Well, you know what? Uh, i got to tell you something that's kind of interesting. Uh, this uh, next, uh, a week from today, Monday, uh, Monday evening, uh, we, we're going to have with us uh, Dr. James Lindsay, Ph.D., He's a self-professing professing atheist. Uh, he, he, not only is he a self-professing atheist, he also voted Democrat his entire life. He's, he would consider himself a liberal, and yet he is um, in academia, and he has done a remarkable work and has written a book that I've read now twice, cover to cover. He's a friend of mine. He's actually going to be uh, in church with us for all three services, nine 11 and 1, you can tune in on that. Yeah, an atheist is going to be in the pulpit. And some of you are going, what kind of a pastor is he? Well, okay, so you don't like it. Don't attend the church. I, I have to tell you something about uh, James or Dr. Lindsay. He's done more to contend for truth and, 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 and uh, to contend for truth 
and to fight critical race theory than any pulpit in America, with the, with the exception of maybe Vody Bachman. But even Vody Bachman has pointed out that he had gleaned so much from Dr. Lindsay's book. And, and I have to tell you, one thing I really appreciate, there's much, but one in particular, is James has said to me, I believe in absolute truth. So that makes me think he's not so much an atheist as he is maybe an agnostic that, you know, where does that absolute truth come from? There's got to be a designer. Who is it? And come on, we'll have that conversation. But I can't wait for him to share and to educate Christendom, which is woefully ignorant on what's being thrust upon them because we are now, many churches in America, and, and as Bodie Bachman pointed out, it's a fault line. We have churches, we call them woke churches, and, and their, their attendance is dropping precipitously, and they're the ones that posted the black tile, and, and they're, they're doing equity training, and they're talking about all this stuff, marching in the Black Lives Matter movements, and they're just, they're, they're, they're useful idiots. On this side, you got folks like Dr. Lindsay, who's realizing that truth is being destroyed in academia, and that now we're being indoctrinated in propaganda and the scientific method and all the things. So he did this, this scholarly work with everything footnoted, notations unbelievable. He goes through the entire history of, of the secular progressive movement, um, the postmodern idea, and then he bring, brings it to a place where we understand. And he doesn't call it critical race or critical theory, he calls it cynical theory. So he's going to be on our program um, Monday night, uh, a week from today, and then he's also going to be with us Sunday services, June 27th, and then Monday, June 28th. All three services on Sunday, and then he'll be with us uh, on our program here on Monday night, June uh, Sunday, June 27th, Monday, uh, June 28th. Listen, uh, tune in if you're out of state, and by the way, thank you to all of you. I, I have been receiving so many cards and letters from all over the country with your words of encouragement, your support, your blessing. I, I can't thank you all enough, um, especially encouraging Pastor Rick as he's been helping me because I've been doing a lot with Charlie and there's uh, Charlie Kirk and there's some exciting things to be uh, shared with you in the coming days. I can't do it right now, but it's big. And we've been doing a ton of work right here in the Conejo Valley. Uh, we're watching as businesses are rising up, uh, the Brave Coalition, all these businesses that are contending with the, t the tyranny of our supervisors that have really implemented the tyranny of the governor and they violated our, our 14th, 15th, First Amendment, uh, Fifth Amendment, just, just trampling over uh, our, our, our Bill of Rights and, and our rights as citizens and violating their oath to, to obey this Constitution and the seven articles that they swore to defend and live within the constraints of. And they start to think they're kings and queens, but in reality, they govern by our consent. We're the authority, especially for pastors out there saying, you need to submit to the authority, Rob. Okay, I do. And what you don't understand in a constitutional republic, pastor, is that the authority, we the people, is in the first three words of the preamble of the Constitution. And what you don't understand about Romans 13, which, by the way, was the most quoted verse in Nazi Germany to suppress the church from contending with that which would enslave the people and, and be responsible for six and a half million Jews being incinerated and over 50 million people dying on, on a field of battle by this fascist bully regime that trampled humanity. What you don't realize is that was the most quoted verse to silence the church. And you think that that verse means unlimited submission and it, it doesn't. Take a look at the ex expositional teaching 
of Reverend Jonathan Mayhew. He died in 1766, but John Adams said he was the one responsible for the Republic, uh, the, the, the war for independence, when he stated um, uh, disobedience to tyrants is obedience to God because he looked at Romans 13 and he said, yeah, God does appoint all positions of authority and that we're to submit to them. But he said also, the passage says that they're there for our good. And when they cease to do good, they cease to be the authority. End of story. That's why Dietrich Bonhoeffer theologically defended his position to contend with Adolf Hitler and, and even to take him out if he had to. Now, I don't know how you feel about Dietrich Bonhoeffer, but he, he, he can run circles around you mentally and theologically. Not now, but his writings will. And, and we, we look at that verse, and that doesn't give you justification for your apathy and inactivity because you don't want to contend at the school board or study and understand what's, what's happening to your community and the citizens that reside there and the little children that are, are being thrown into this mess. It, 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 you cause one of these little ones to stumble. It'd be better for you to have a millstone tied around your neck and cast in the deepest ocean. And this is happening in your schools. You're going, no, it's not. Here we go. All right. First of all, I showed you the Loudy, Loudoun County School District. Uh, and this, let me just read this to you and then we'll get into it. Um, we have state-mandated racism in public education. You, you wouldn't recognize America from our founders now, but um, Mark Stein pointed this out in the Hillsdale College National Leadership Seminar. And, and he said, we now have state-mandated racism in public education, state-sanctioned induction of pagan secularism, especially Engel versus Vital. It was in 1962 uh, decision, Abington School District uh, versus Shemp in 1963 and Stone versus Grant in 1980. State warranted right to kill unborn babies, Roe versus Wade. State approved exaltation and normalization of sin, Oberfeld versus Hodges. State appointed special rights uh, for anyone with a same-sex attraction that you, you get a whole month. Look, what about our veterans? Why, why, why is there... I, Whatever your sexual preference in, in, a, in a representative form of government, I know we're, we're watching, especially as the families struggled, and, and there's folks out there that are conservative and they have a same-sex attraction. My point on this is it doesn't, nobody gets special treatment in regards to this, but there is now no such thing as neutrality in religion and public education. Uh, now, now what is elevated is atheism and not a belief in God and to include the Bible in public education as America's founders instituted, uh, they, they, they don't do that nowadays. They prohibit the Bible and prayer in public schools. And that constitutes a secular, uh, excuse me, secular, uh, probably true, a secular religious decision. They favor secularism. That's the new religion. Now, how's that affected us locally? Well, this is the Oxnard Unified School District. Here it is, August 17th and 19th, 2021, the Road Ahead Instructional Summit. First word, equity, accountability, service, and integrity. It's going to go from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Specific times and locations will be shared in August. Learning pathways will be assigned based on your class assignment. And this is the education for their teachers. What's the class? Well, uh, one of 12 that are listed here is this. Culturally Responsive Teaching, All Grades, Presenters from Beyond Equity in Education. Oh, Ibram Kendi. <laughs> He's now infiltrated the Oxnard Unified School District. 
and strategies to make instruction culturally relevant. Teachers will deepen the conversation about culturally responsive instructions to support the cultural and linguistic needs, semantics, changing the words of our students. All right, let's come here to the Conejo Unified School District. Here are listed by a very large and growing group of teachers and administrators and counselors in the Conejo Unified School District, many that I've met with, and they have put this together, and this is their statement. Here are our primary concerns. Our school district adopted critical race theory as a guideline principle. Teachers were surveyed with a self-equity assessment prior to school getting out in June. Teachers have a mandatory staff development day on August 16th, just like Oxnard, which appears to include critical race theory training. Uh, they write, in our understanding that we are being prepared to implement the California Ethnic Studies curriculum, which is critical race theory, buzzwords including social justice, white privilege, transsectionality, gender uh, Equality, systemic racism, and equity seem to be popping up everywhere in our Conejo Valley Unified School District board meetings, policies, and resolutions. High school units are currently being taught through English and gender studies in 11th grade and power and privilege in 12th grade. Middle school literature novels are being selected which fictionalize underprivileged black indigenous people of color, protagonists who are oppressed by the color of their skin, by police, and by society and many of us hold political and religious beliefs that oppose CRT ideologies, which are Marxist in nature. And they're being obviously uh, observed. I, I don't know how long they're gonna be able to survive in this district, but let me just share this with you uh, in relation to that. They're not alone. And, and their desire to make differences there was a meeting at a cafe here in Westlake and these were parents coming together in alliance. These were teachers, administrators, and counselors coming together that know what's taking place in the district. Parents haven't seen this. The school board has instituted it and they're coming together and they met to see if anyone cared. They set up for 35 seats. Almost 300 people showed up. There's a move to stop this. I don't know if we can stop it at the state level. I don't know if we can stop it at the county level. But for all the folks who uh, are tuning in, this is a religious liberty issue. This is a freedom of speech issue. This is a First Amendment issue. Fascinatingly enough, YouTube might take us down. But I will say this. It's within our right as a church. It's within our right as Christians to contend for truth. That's what we do. Even if the IRS wants to try to redefine the freedom of religion in the First Amendment and try to take away a tax-exempt status by implying the Johnson Amendment, which has no hold and has never been used to prosecute, and it is a violation of the First Amendment, we have the freedom of religion. We have the freedom of conscious thought. We can contend. We can debate. We have the freedom to dialogue, as we were seeing Jordan Peterson early on. And so I'm going to say this. It is time for every family in the Conejo Unified School District to say enough is enough. You can't sit idly by. I don't care if you're left or right or in the middle. I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat, or independent, 
or agnostic or atheist or, or, or Buddhist or Muslim or Mormon or Catholic or Protestant or Seventh-day Advent. I don't care. This is about truth and contending for a constitutional republic that has afforded all of us more freedom than any nation on the face of the earth come this July 4th for, for 245 years. And it is, it's, we've been afforded this liberty. We've been afforded this freedom. It has nothing to do with the content of melanin. It is not a white man's idea. This applies to everyone. But critical race theory has nothing to do with the content of our melanin. It has to do with the implementation of equity, socialism, communism. And they're going to, to take old historical wounds and exploit them to implement socialism and communism. And it's not going to happen in our school district. And every single person out there in the hearing of my voice, we can come together on this. We believe in liberty. We've all been created equal, endowed by our creator with these inalienable rights, the life and the liberty and the pursuit of happiness. And they cannot take that away from us. And we are the sovereign. We, the people, they govern by our consent. Those school board members are not dictators. They may be tyrants. They may act as dictators, but they can be removed. And all of us together need to come together and tell them we don't accept this. We're not systemically racist. If there is racism in our community, we need to stamp it out. We need to address it. If you're racist, you need to repent. You need to resolve it. You need to ask for forgiveness. But nobody out there, based on the content of melanin, is racist. If you place a color on your theory, you're a racist. It's, it's the bottom line. There's one human race. We're all in this together, one blood. And different ethnicities, and we're going to strive for unity. And we're going to allow our children to pursue truth and an education where they can know truth and they can understand empirical data and scientific method and enlightenment thinkers and, and, and build bridges and, and be doctors and be lawyers and be bakers and candlestick makers. But we're not, we're, we're not going to destroy productivity by, by taking from one and giving to another and, and playing Robin Hood. We're not going to instill in our children a hatred for someone else based on, on, on the content of melanin, nor are we going to make a child feel less than human because of their, their melanin content. It doesn't work that way. And, and we must stand in opposition to it. And everyone who sees this, however you feel about me, however you feel about Christianity, it's irrelevant. We're now Americans. The one thing we can agree on is this is the land of the free and the home of the brave. All of America's failures are universal, but America's successes are unique. That document when in the course of human events. It wasn't made for just America. It was any people, any time, because it was a document of liberty. It was a document of freedom. And all of us need to protect this. It's a government of the people, by the people, and for the people. We've had 6,000 years of recorded history where every government on the face of the earth has been an oligarchy where the elites suppress the many. 
the few run the system. In America, the government was pushed down to the people. And in a republic, we elect representatives who govern by our consent. And now we have to say to those who are trying to take it away by reformatting and, and indoctrinating our children to this, this ideology that has nothing to do with equality, we, we need to tell them we're done with it now. And you, you can't put your head in the sand. This, this is the sake of your children's future. Like me or dislike me, it doesn't matter. Folks, it's about our kids and our grandkids and about a nation that's free and to keep it that way. We're watching our corporations indoctrinate, our military indoctrinate. We need to stop it now. Stop it now. And so everyone get to the school board meetings. Everyone know what is being taught your kids. Step into that. Start activating. Start participating. We are now responsible. You know, with knowledge comes responsibility. With knowledge comes responsibility. What does that mean? If, if all the kids in the school were calling Susie fat and your child didn't, well, she was moral. She, she, she didn't do what was wrong. But you know what? She has no character because she didn't tell the other kids to stop it. Because with knowledge comes responsibility. If, if, if somebody planted a device to destroy a school and told you about it, you didn't plant it. You had nothing to do with it, with it being placed there. But if that went off and hurt somebody, you're responsible because you knew and you did nothing. You're responsible. And, and these are our children. This is our future. And we're responsible. And we've got to do something. All that's necessary for, for evil to prosper is for good men and women to do nothing. You can be moral. Morality is just not doing what's wrong. And, and good people not doing anything to, to thwart evil, well, that's, that's how it flourishes. So I think we're all up to that. I, I, think, I think we're all in agreement that this is something worth contending for. And uh, I, I, I want to thank all of you, being patient, listening through all of this, and, and um, get it to everyone you can. This is critical, and it's, it, it has to happen now. Everyone has to stop this. And we can start right here. Last part is this. The grandpa and the grandson walking on the beach, hundreds of thousands of starfish have been, you know, washed up on the shore after the hurricane. And the, the hurricane has receded. The, the, the waves have calmed down. The sun's out and all these starfish are dying. And the little grandson's throwing them back one at a time. And the grandpa says, you can't make a difference. There's too many of them. And the little grandson looks up at his grandpa and says, I'm making a difference for this one. And I'm making a difference for this one. And the grandpa begins to join him. And the output now is doubled. Take your eyes off the horizon and the immensity of the problem and just look locally here in our district and say, okay, I can get this one alive again. We can do this and we can do it quickly and we must. And with that, I want to give you God's blessing and encouragement. And it's out of Numbers chapter 6. And here we go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. Well, God bless you all. I'll see you tomorrow night. Thanks for joining us. Good night, everybody. 
Hey guys, thanks for watching. For more information, head over to VintageMcCoy.com or follow us on Instagram at The Vintage McCoy. We'll see you there.